You're listening to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Welcome to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Today is Friday, January 8th. Bags, there's some serious shit going on in this country, my friend. And I know we're <laughs> I know we're a meaningless sports talk show, but wow, what happened? What happened two days ago? I uh, Platt, I, I just don't I, I, like I said, you know, off the air to you, we, we have kids that can comprehend this and I just don't know how to really explain why people do what they do. And it's all it's it's first of all, it's totally awful. Obviously me and you are not really, you know, on either side. We're pretty much independent and I just can't really I can't really fathom the idea of what people are thinking. First of all, go to work. Get, get, you know, what are you doing charging into the Capitol building? And, and, and you know, what, what drives these people to do what they do is beyond, beyond reasoning. I just can't believe it. We got a really, really big show today. We got a lot of sports to talk about. And... And you gotta watch people charging into the Capitol building with firearms, with fire uh, fireworks. I mean, how, how did you actually watch that yesterday? And what were your thoughts? So I was following everything that was going on on Twitter, and then my brother actually sent me a text when I, I was out doing something. He sent me a text. He's like, "Bro, they're storming the Capitol," and I was like, <laughs> "What?" I'm like, is this like a Jamie Foxx movie right now? Like burning down the White House or whatever it's called? I'm like, what? So I ran home, screamed to my wife who was taking a nap and I woke her up. She was not happy. And then once she saw everything that was going on, she was like, oh my, I can't believe this. So that led to like an hour long conversation as to how we've arrived here. But watching this on TV, seeing the woman who was shot, watching the lack of police, like again, it's not even a political left or right side, just what ha- I mean, this is supposed to be one of the most secure buildings on the planet, and a bunch of guys who look like they should be on like an A and E duck hunting show were able to get in. <laughs> I know, and I'm watching them break windows, Platt. Like, like I know it's not the Pentagon, but like you just said, it's the most protected like building in in, in that area, and it wasn't. It was like it was like they you know they stormed the. The freaking you know local municipal building in 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 uh, in Portland. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it was unbelievable. I was just I was in utter shock watching it all unfold. To be honest with you, and you know, just when you thought 2021 would get off to a good start, it says hold my beer to 2020. I mean, damn, that was like it was surreal watching it and then i you know i became a news junkie all night and i'm watching the the hearings and and the listening yeah. to the to the senators and everybody speak i mean it's just like it you know what I, political stuff aside you wanted a reality show that's what we got and 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 this what we've been watching right like the the reality tv that's coming along with this is like absolutely insane plot if you have me and you watching cable news their ratings are just loving this. Yeah. Okay? Because me and you are not news junkies, but I don't I don't know how you couldn't watch yesterday. I mean, I, I even if it was on mute, you have to see what's going on when when your country is in, is almost in that kind of type of danger. It was almost like we were like we, we live in Iran. You know what I mean? Like we were acting like freaking people in the Middle East, like you know, charging buildings and 
and and and I mean, there was a couple funny things, like the guy sitting in Pelosi's office. Okay, that actually that that was actually funny to me because someone is that asinine to actually try to do that. But it was almost like 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 you said, like a reality TV show. And Fox News is, and and CNN, they are gonna miss this whole thing so bad, which is scary to say. But it really was almost like a movie, like you said before, Jamie Foxx. Like it was almost like a, a freaking movie. And by the way, they're gonna make a movie out of that day. Out I mean, of, out, out of out of that whole scene, they're gonna make a movie. Like the guy dressed as the Viking. I mean, <laughs> cover cover the post. <laughs> I mean, I, I just like I I was laughing. Uh, it, it's not funny, but it is funny because of right. what we watched go down. I mean, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look good at all, Pat. But how could you when, when I when I texted you the cover of the post? How could you not laugh at at, at you know what these people are dressing up as and doing? I mean, there was Confederate flags. There was everything you could imagine at that freaking rally. Yeah, I mean that was absolutely utterly insane and gross and everything about it was just horrific and I, I i still can't get over what i watched i don't care what side you sit on i think everybody can acknowledge the fact that that was just horrific great tv like oh, you God. said for cnn and fox and then like i'm trying to watch basketball at night and i'm like how inconsequential is this next to everything that's going on in the country but it gets your mind off of things and then you know in all of this the mets go out and just shock the world shock it was awesome i actually i i, I said to you before it was like first of all the will ponds would never, never, never have kept this under wraps and pulled this off. Alderson said they've been working on this plat for months, and no one. And I and I, I have a lot of respect for the beat beat writers, and you know I got a post in front of me. Nobody knew about this at all, and it's unbelievable that you have a shortstop. You got a catcher. They're probably going to get a center fielder up the middle. The Mets have solidified themselves. As of right now, with Syndergaard coming back, I might bite my words, but they are a World Series contender, Platt, because of new ownership within months. They, they, they might be favored. I haven't looked at any Vegas lines. But they are the team to beat. I know Atlanta's good and, you know, Philly, whatever. Marlins are a joke. Last, last year was a fluke, but... Platt, the Mets might be the team to beat now, and they're not done. No, they're not. And if they could figure out a way to get Springer, I mean, talk, then it's talk like about up the middle. I mean, yeah. Jesus. I mean, you got you sign the catcher. You have probably, arguably, the best now defensive shortstop. You're going to get to move McNeil over to his natural position. You're going to have potentially Springer in center field, or they sign Bradley, which I know Met fans want Springer, but Bradley's a great defensive center fielder. So I I just look at this and look, I'm a Yankee fan, but I'm happy. I'm happy for the Mets fans that the team is going in the right direction. I did read something that was very interesting yesterday. It said the difference between the two franchises is that the day the Yankees make a deal or sign Garrett Cole or, you know, a big name player, you don't hear the Mets brought up once. 
the minute the Mets do a deal like this, everybody's just saying, well, now what are the Yankees going to do? And the Yankees didn't get Lindor, and the conversation goes back to the Yankees, which this should just be the Mets' day to shine. It's a huge acquisition. I I listened to the fan, too, and they're talking about the comparison to Piazza when they got Keith Hernandez and yep. Gary Carter back in the day. And it is online with those deals because not only is this guy a great baseball player, but what's his nickname like smiles or something he has an unbelievable personality that's going to be such a great fit in new york and met fans have been clamoring for this for a long time talk about clubhouse presence pot i mean and you know you know they probably are already in the works for the extension and big time deal they don't want to they don't want to just rent him plat okay they they want him long term, so I, I I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, well not on a limb, but I'm gonna say they're gonna have him signed, maybe before the season, to an eight or nine year deal, because this is a once in a lifetime player. No shortstop hits 45 doubles and 30 home runs and plays Gold Glove defense. It's it's not it just doesn't happen, you know. It's it's almost back to the uh, A Rod days when he was a MVP candidate. This guy is insane. And by the way, the Mets fans have so much, like, it, it's just, they're on such a high right now. And they, they ought to be because they have an owner. Like, you know, I, we still love George. Rest in peace. George went out and got anybody we wanted. And by the way, George would be pissed that, that the Mets are on the back page right now because he did he never liked any, any Mets news. So, um, uh, nothing against Cashman, and I know he probably wasn't even trying to get Lindor because we, you know, I think LeMahieu was like our our prime target. But guess what? We haven't signed DJ yet, and I was going to ask you this before. Does it scare you a little bit when you see the Mets get Lindor and you know, you know that DJ is in their in their vision too? So does it scare you a little bit about? Cashman has not made a move yet, and we don't have DJ yet, a potential MVP candidate, a batting champion. Why isn't he signed yet, Platt? Well, it scares me twofold. One, it scares me because as a Yankee fan, the Mets have arrived, and they are now going to be part of every key trade, every key free agent, every key negotiation. Like, all bets That's are off. That's a great point, dude. That's a great point. So for me, as if I'm Cashman right now, I'm concerned because of that, right? Like they were able to pull this deal off. Money's not like, an issue. Like a like a like a money rival, right? Yeah, they have a money rival in their market now. And kudos to the Mets and to all the Mets fans. It's a tremendous day for them to celebrate a huge deal. And the Yankees now they have to. It's not even about a counterpoint to the Mets, but just to secure, they need to get Lemayu signed and. I understand if they don't sign him, there's option B and option C, but option A is so much greater than option B or option C. Like You don't want this guy walking out the door. You don't want him signing with Toronto, and you definitely don't want him signing with the Mets. It's Right now, it's slowly becoming, Platt, a Mets town again, and you know that George would not allow this. But we got better things to talk about, but probably the big, biggest NFL playoff weekend I, I mean, it, there's six games. So we're going to start with the Bills and the Colts. Now, Platt, it, it, you almost like you almost feel bad for Buffalo in a way. You lose four Super Bowls in a row. It's great for the city. They're letting fans in, which I think is a great move. I think they're going to let 7,000 in. Rich Stadium. 
I mean, when, when me and you started getting into football, it was all about going to, you know, Marino struggled in Buffalo, but it was all about Buffalo. But I really think this game is dangerous for them because, number one, Frank Reich Platt is the head coach of the Colts. And the Warren Moon game was the greatest comeback I've ever seen in my lifetime. Frank Reich was at the helm when Jim Kelly got hurt. That's what worries me about this game. What do you think about the Bills-Colts game? It's a trap game for the Bills, right? All this pressure is on the Bills right now. I don't care what anyone says. They had a great season, a fairy tale season for them. Allen came into his own, the signing of Diggs. The defense is playing well. They have all this great mojo around them. They're kind of like, you know, they're like Cinderella right now. The whole league's gushing over them. And then here comes Frank Reich, ex-Bill, with a great offensive line, a great running game, and a good defense. And you talk about recipes to beat a team on the road and a team like the Bills who have they're, they're not playoff tested they don't have experience Phillip Rivers at least has been there and I'm not saying I'm a huge yes, fan of has. his but he's been there and he hasn't been able to close the deal but a lot of times that hasn't been his fault you know bad field goal kickers etc so I the Colts to me are very dangerous that line seems very high um, especially you know that the it's one thing if Buffalo has been in the playoffs the past five years and Allen's got a story to tell here and I like Buffalo and I hope they go far but that line seems really big and to me the Colts are the perfect sleeper team to go into Buffalo and either scare the shit out of them or knock them off Platt, I totally agree I'm going with the Colts plus six and I'll tell you one reason why I think it's six because there's really no reason to be that high if there were fans in the stadium and the place was a really hard environment to play in like it was back in the day, I could probably justify that line. Without a sold-out field, and you, like you said, Rivers has been there. He's been to AFC championships. He's almost probably going to retire, I think, after this year or the next. And, I mean, it's just it, – it, I'm I, like, I, like, like you said, it's a Cinderella story. The, no one dislikes the Bills. How could you not like the Bills? It's a great story, but you put a veteran QB with the Colts in a in Rich Stadium with no with what's not sold out. I'm going Colts Platt all the way on this game. Now, are you? So I get you're taking them with the line. Are you going to take them to straight up win the game too? You know, like you said, Allen hasn't been there. Diggs Diggs is Diggs is hurt. He didn't practice yesterday. Beasley, they said, is hurt. I'm. If if you put a gun to my head, I would actually say the Bills would win, but I don't think they would cover the six. I think the Colts are going to keep this one close. I'm going to go with you. I think I actually agree with that. I think the Bills are going to squeak this out, but I think it's going to be a close game. So Seahawks-Rams, Platt, second game on Saturday of the day, 4.30 start. I mean, Russell Wilson, anytime you actually doubt this kid, he proves you wrong. He's, he should have two Super Bowls. Carroll shit the bed. Not giving it to Marshawn. It's, it's, it's low. It's three and a half. I don't see the Seahawks losing to the Rams, Platt. I just don't see it. It's in Seattle. Throw the fans out. They're going to blast uh, crowd noise anyway like they do regularly. But, Platt, three and a half, Seahawks, Rams. I mean, the Rams. I mean, are you going to ever believe in the Rams, a former L.A. guy like yourself? Is it, is it really there yet? And is this coach getting put on a pedestal for no reason? I mean, I know their defensive line is really good. But Wilson can move, Platt. I'm going Seahawks all the way here. 
Yeah, I, is Goff even playing? I mean, I know he had that injury on his left hand. You're, you're right. They, they actually they might play Wofford, or they, they have a QB controversy going into a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is a no-brainer. I, I mean, you take Seattle. I think they cover. I think they win by at least ten. I, I'd be surprised if they didn't. Uh, there's just a lot of talent on that team. The Rams have had you know, pretty questionable last few weeks, to say the least. They're not going into the playoffs on a high note here. So I'm going with Seattle. And I also, Platt, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm I'm big into AFC this year. Uh, I, I love the way, you know, I love the way the, uh, the Chiefs play. I like the way the Steelers play. I think the Titans are fun to watch. I just think the NFC right now is almost like – the C, like uh, all right, fine. We're gonna get to the Bucks game next, or we'll just start it right now. Bucks game is the, uh, the are they the best team in the NFC, or is it the Packers all the way? So Bucks skins are our, our Washington football team, Michael. Redskins, Ryan. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so the Bucks are laying a lot of wood, and I know it's on the road, and it probably would be a little bit lower uh, in normal circumstances. But can the Bucks? First of all, we won't even get to last week's controversy. Can the Bucks go in there and just dominate a team that has done everything you can do right this year with the NFL Comeback Player of the Year, with the best defensive lineman I've seen since Reggie White? Can the Bucks really go in there and 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 lay eight and a half and think they're just going to walk in there? I think Washington is a dangerous play this year. Rivera, the whole story, cancer. I mean, this is an intriguing game to me. I know you love Washington since you were five years old. I like Washington getting the eight and a half. I'm going to be rooting for Washington, obviously. What's your take on this game as being a real fan? So uh, taking the bias part of it, because I'm a Skins fan, out of the equation, if you look at it from a positive standpoint, what has always given Tom Brady fits? The New York Giants and a great defensive line that puts pressure on him. A great, right. a great pass rush. And that's the sweet spot of this Washington football club Redskins defense and their team as a whole. They put pressure. And last weekend's game, and we're not going to get into it from a Giants perspective, but when Jalen Hurts was in there, their D-line struggled because he was a mobile quarterback. But Tom Brady is going to be like looking at a turkey on Thanksgiving Day to this defensive line because he's not mobile. And he's going to have to get the ball out of his hands fast or they're going to be in his face. Now, the challenge for Washington is their offense I mean, Alex Smith looks like he's one breath away from being back in the hospital. He can't. He he's he makes Brady look mobile right now. So if you're the Bucks defense, I don't think you're too worried about Washington scoring more than 20 points unless they run the ball all day on that day. So the long-winded answer, I think the Bucks cover, but I think it's going to be a close game until the third or fourth quarter. Yeah, you're kind of right about Smith. I mean, all they really do is, you know throw like seven or eight yard passes they don't even they don't even have a long uh a long pass threat to their to their offense i mean they'll they'll actually just take what they what the defense gives them and they want they actually want to be in a close game it almost seems like they never really take uh big chances down the field at all from what i've seen and if washington can can pull this off somehow which I, I agree with you. I think the Bucks are going to win just on based on offense. But if Washington could pull this off, it would be a story that you 
you just would never forget, especially with Smith, especially with Rivera, especially what what happened at Philly. It would be really cool. Yeah, and you know what? It would be one of those situations where I don't know if – I can't remember if they reseed after the first round or Washington would automatically go to New Orleans if New Orleans wins because they're they're a uh, division champ. But New Orleans, you know, like they're good. They're not the saints of the past. So if Washington could somehow get past Tampa, they're going to become dangerous and they're a feel-good story. But it's going to be tough sledding based on how that offense looked against Philadelphia because Philly was playing the Pascac Valley 91 defense or Pascac Hills 92 defense, whatever you want to call it. I mean, Washington should have scored 40 points on that on that team, and they had trouble moving the ball. So I don't have a lot of faith in that offense, but their D-line and their pass rush is pretty spectacular. All right, Sunday, Platt, this is an intriguing game to me because it's really two teams that just like to run and pound, and it's going to be really fun. Ravens, three and a half in Tennessee. Now, Platt, Tennessee was a really great story last year. I think they're a great story this year as well. Derrick Henry went for over 2,000 yards. It's only been done eight times. They're at home. The Ravens have been slipping, uh, have slipped up uh, in during the season, but I feel like they're back on track. This is an old school, run the ball, plat defense. It's probably my favorite game of the whole weekend. Ravens given three and a half at Tennessee. Who do you like in this game, and who do you really want to win? Because whoever wins this game, Platt, I think will be the biggest threat to the Chiefs. Now, I don't want the Chiefs to just steamroll through the playoffs. I want to see good football, as you know. But the winner of this game, I think, is the biggest threat to the Chiefs. Because, like I've always said, Lamar Jackson, I don't think he can ever play from behind. I nicknamed him on this show many times as dangerous. Because when he's in the open field, he's dangerous. But how do you stop Derrick Henry is the is the question I have for John Harbaugh's Raven team. This is the game of the weekend. I mean, when I saw the schedule come out, I'm like, this is old school (laughs) smash mouth almost NFC East football that you're going to see in front of you. And I love this matchup. I think these two teams are so evenly matched up that it's going to come down to can ball is Baltimore going to be able to slow down Derrick Henry and is Tennessee going to be able to slow down Lamar Jackson it's a little bit of a revenge game for last year I think Baltimore has had this game scheduled you know on their calendar in their heads the way kind of Ohio State had Clemson pegged for a while so I look at this and I say I like Baltimore because I think it's a revenge game. I think Lamar Jackson needs to arrive. He is dangerous. You've nicknamed him that all year. This is a huge game for Lamar Jackson's status and his career, even this early on. I like Baltimore. I think they've been putting it together the past few weeks. They've been scoring 30 or 40 points, and Tennessee's defense isn't as good as it once was. What's your pick? Well, since I just heard the dog, I'm going to go with the dog, the Titans. (laughs) <laughs> and and the o- the only reason is kind of like don't really love Baltimore as a franchise. I respect them. I just don't I don't I don't love them. I was not a Ray Lewis guy. So I'm going to root for the Tennessee. So in my heart I'm going to take the three and a half as the home dog. Rough rough. Saints Bears. Platt, we talked about this off the air. This line is really high. It's 10 points. Normally you don't see a line this high in the playoffs. Saints Bears, 10 points. It's almost like I want to root for the Bears, but I just don't trust the Bears, especially on turf in the Dome. 
The Saints, I mean, the, Vegas is obviously smarter than me and you. The, the, the line is 10 for a reason. For some reason, I'm going to... I'm going to lay the 10, which I normally wouldn't do because 10 points is a lot. It's two scores, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to lay the 10 with the Saints. I think the Saints have really – I think they're really going after it this year with Breeze probably retiring. He's already got a contract, I heard, to go in the booth. I think I'm going to lay the 10. They're a tough team. The Bears show me nothing unless they're in their own build. Saints, what are your thoughts about this game? Yeah, I mean, it is a big line. You're 100% right. But, the, I mean, Mitch Trubisky and the Bears quarterback situation is why the line is what it is. Like, the Bears can run the ball. They have a good defense. But are they going to be able to keep up with the points? Because you might stop the Saints on a drive or two. But in that dome, on their field... I don't care if there's fans or not. I know Peyton was trying to figure out creative ways to get fans into that building, which didn't work. But I, I think the Saints are going to win this game by two touchdowns, if not more than that. I just don't – I don't trust the Bears at all. It's a perfect way to say it. And Trubisky to Their me – Their defense is underrated too, Plot. It, it, it is. defense is pretty good. The Saints defense is pretty good. And they've had they beat, a lot they, of injuries. They, they, by the way, they, they beat the Bucks twice. Yeah, so I'm going. I'm taking the Saints. I think this is going to be this could be the biggest blowout of the weekend. It could be bigger than Tampa against Washington. All right, so we talked about this off the air as well. When 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 uh, it's so unfortunate because everybody when we're going to the Steelers Browns game in Pittsburgh Sunday night primetime, it's it's going to be one you just want to just. Put something uh, in the oven that tastes good. Have a glass of wine. Steelers, Browns, old school rivalry. They they just don't have <laughs> the head coach and the play caller has COVID, and it's the most unfortunate thing I've ever seen happen in sports, where the Browns have waited twenty plus years, and the guy gets COVID. In probably one of the biggest games in their entire franchise in the last 50 years. It's so unfortunate, Platt. The Steelers sat their quarterback. They're resting up. They probably didn't show him a lot of uh, a lot of plays when they played last week. It's so unfortunate. I'm going to root hard for the Browns, our old Cowboys colors. But how do you not like the Steelers laying six at home to the Browns without their head coach and their play caller? It's just sad, and I and I, I I feel bad for Cleveland. And I think if it were any other team and any other coach, and I say the <laughs> word coach, you would look at this differently. But you know Tomlin's going to have these guys ready to play, and I know that they're going into the playoffs. They haven't played great the past few weeks. Their offense hasn't been as prolific as it was in the beginning of the season when they were nine or ten and zero. And I get that, but the, like we talked about, the Browns barely barely beat Pittsburgh last week in a must-win game at home. The Browns barely beat the Jets two weeks ago. I mean, it is – or actually, sorry, they lost, right? They lost to the Jets? Yeah, they lost to the Jets. So, yeah, for right me – Right the wall. Yeah. yeah. For me, like, right. I have a hard time getting behind Cleveland in this game and even keeping it that close. If Pittsburgh shows up, which I think they will, and Ben, it's the playoffs. He's coming to play now. Uh, I just – I have a hard time going against Pittsburgh, even with that spread. Yeah, Platt. I mean, we're talking Iron City, LC Greenwood, Mean Joe Green. You're going into Pittsburgh. You're not going into freaking Indianapolis 
No. Or, 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 you know what I mean? You're not going into Seattle. You're going into the Iron City. This is a real, real football team when they want to play. They've showed us at times this year that they that were not good. They couldn't perform. Ben is getting older. They've questioned his mo- mobility. He always stays in the pocket and takes the hits. This is – if Baker Mayfield can pull off a miracle, this is where it's going to be because – the writing's on the wall. You're going into Pittsburgh and thinking you're going to beat Ben Roethlisberger, the two-time Super Bowl champion, Mike Tomlin, one of the best coaches in the NFL, and and their defense, when they when they want to play, they play some serious ball. I just don't see myself taking the six points here. No, I, I agree. And I, look, I think the playoffs as a whole are going to be super interesting right now. You talked about who could who could dethrone or who could beat the Chiefs. I think the Steelers, the Bills, and the winner of that Ravens-Titans games are obviously going to be the ones who have a, a, a shot um, to beat them. I can't see Indy going into KC and beating them. Like, there are certain teams that you look at here and you're like, I don't think they have a shot at knocking the Chiefs off. The Steelers, if they're playing great ball uh, and they're healthy and they got Tomlin, Tomlin coaching that team I just feel like they're the one team outside of maybe Buffalo if they can get by Indy that has a shot at knocking KC off but I can't go against the Steelers this weekend yeah Platt before we wrap it up um, I know the Chiefs and the Packers are the two teams that have the buys right now do you see them as two teams that cannot be beat with the home field advantage we're talking about probably the two Loudest stadiums, one's iconic. Arrowhead is, is I mean, we're, we're not talking fans here, but do you see these two teams not getting to the Super Bowl, or do you think these teams are on a different level where they will make it to the Super Bowl? I'm going to say the Titans and the Raven game is the best shot, and I think the Saints would have the best shot at knocking off the Packers. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Packers and the and the Chiefs meet in the Super Bowl. What are your thoughts about those two teams with the bye? So the Chiefs have a harder road only due to the fact that the AFC, in my opinion, is significantly better. Like the top team is in the AFC. Agreed. You know what you're getting with Pittsburgh. You most likely, hopefully, know what you're getting with Buffalo. Tennessee and Baltimore are tough outs. In the NFC, I think the Packers are good, but I, I'm not like, oh my god, you, you could put their send their stuff to Tampa for the Super Bowl good. I think they're very beatable, and I wouldn't be shocked if they lost. And I do think it will be tough for the Saints to go into Green Bay with that weather and if it's 12 degrees out and watching Breeze try to operate there. But there's going to be no fans. You know, at least KC is going to have fans. From what I understand, Green Bay is going to have no fans along the way, which that I, you got the weather aspect, but that's a huge part of playing in Green Bay. So to me, I think I wouldn't be shocked if Green Bay – wasn't in the Super Bowl. And the NFC, I mean, Seattle to me is a team that no one's talking about. And I know they haven't played unbelievably well the past few weeks, but like come playoff time, that's a dangerous team. And I, I feel like they're the they're the sneaky team in the NFC right now. Everyone's focused on the Packers and the Saints. I agree. And I look at Seattle and I'm like, they, you know, Russell Wilson's not going to be scared going to Lambeau. And I'm not saying the Breeze would be, but I just look at Seattle and I'm like, they present some matchup problems for Green Bay. I could just see that being a tough game if they get there. Yeah, you're kind of right. Like I, I don't see the Packers standing out like 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 this uh, unprecedented team that like deserve the bye. 
Like I almost think they, you know, kind of like rolled through the season, kind of a little under the radar. I know how good Rodgers is, but I've also seen Michael Vick go up there and win a playoff game. I watched the great number 10, Eli Manning, go up there and win a playoff game. I don't think they're invincible. So I kind of agree with you. Like they're not on that level where, where the, you know, where the number one team in the NFC should be. And I got to think Russell Wilson will have no problem walking into Lambeau with, and no, not intimidated at all and possibly get it done. I don't see I don't see Breeze at his age maybe getting it done in that weather. I mean, for all we know, it could be, like you said, 12 degrees with snow coming down. Wilson can play in that weather. Yeah, Seattle to me is, is the wild card and the most dangerous team in the NFC if I'm Green Bay. And I think Kansas City's got a few different things they got to worry about because Baltimore can score points. Tennessee will run the ball. Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, you, you've got some teams in here. Buffalo, if they get there, like that, that, that'll be a tough game for KC matchup wise. So, I, I think the Packers have the easier road, but I think the Packers are more of an unknown. And the NFC to me is kind of what it is wide open. And and let's not forget, like if Tampa can get past Washington, it's going to be hard to bet against Brady in the NFC too. They got so many offensive weapons too, and their defense is good. And as long as they're healthy with Evans and Godwin, and and you know even throwing Gronkowski, they they would be tough to deal with. They would, and you know Brady's been there. Exactly. So we shall see. Absolutely, great show, Platt. Looking forward to the weekend, my man. Hopefully, uh, well, it's around 40 degrees today, Platt. It's not that bad. Hopefully, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> nice weekend, and you're and you're up north, and where you, where you, I know you love. So uh, enjoy the games this weekend. All right, you too, buddy.